Welcome to The Bittersweet Life, a show for expats, former expats, travelers, and dreamers. It's a show about letting go of the rope, so to speak, and what happens when you do. I'm Katie Sewell. Last year, I quit my job and moved to Rome. Now I'm back in Seattle, trying to figure out what's next. My co-host, Tiffany Parks, moved to Rome 10 years ago with no plan and made it happen. She'll always be an expat. I'd love to be one again. If you're new to the show, I encourage you to go back to the beginning, all the way to episode one, and join us for the whole journey. There are a lot of great episodes in the past that you just shouldn't miss. Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. And Tiffany, you're yawning. Is that because you're trying new things like having a baby? <laughs> you're not currently having the baby. You're not about to. Exactly. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm incubating him right now. Yeah, it's tiring. It's tiring. It's hot in Rome, as we've uh, mentioned on a previous podcast. <laughs> it's very hot, and it's it's hard. You know, I think it's like something like the hottest month uh, on record. Like if you go like the whole month, and it just happens to be my ninth month of pregnancy. So great timing. Good job, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say that incubating a baby, as you say, is the the most new experimental thing that you've ever done in your life? The most unusual? It's hard to say because, you know, I mean, if you think about it, everything you've ever done in your life, you've done for the first time at one point. So I don't know if it's the most ever, but it's definitely the, the newest, oddest thing I've ever done lately <laughs> for the first time. Yeah, the, I should mention, I, the reason I'm asking her that in such a weird way is that we've decided that we're going to talk about trying new things today because that's part of moving abroad or living in a new country is that you've got to try new things pretty much constantly mm -hmm. at least for a while until those new things become old things right right the first year you're definitely going to be doing a lot of new things but I think it does continue even maybe not after 30 years but even even in five five years at least you're still going to be doing new things so I think it's what makes being an expat so exciting and for some people I think it might be what it makes what makes being an expat addictive even when you first moved abroad did you feel like you were unburdened from the past to such an extent where you were willing to try things that maybe back at home you would feel like you shouldn't try I think maybe a little bit I don't think it has to do with being unburdened from the past I think it has to do with being in a situation where you almost have no choice you basically take away your safety net. You have to put yourself in new situations. It's just, there's no other choice. Um, sorry, if you hear voices in the background, it's my, it's my young sister-in-law who is, has a friend over, so they're chatting. I'm at my in-laws right now, trying to escape the heat with the air conditioning that they have here. Ciao. That's a whole other thing that we should be talking about. It's the yeah, fact that, we should. that you are currently not living in your home no anymore. not well it's been it's been at least 10 days pushing two weeks actually that I've been at my in-laws so that's something new too <laughs> <laughs> why are you at your in-laws I'm at my in-laws because they have air conditioning and I literally cannot I mean I guess I shouldn't say literally because 
if I had no choice, I, you know, if they didn't have air conditioning, I, I guess I would just be there. But I can't be inside my apartment right now, especially not during the day. I went there last Sunday, I guess it was, to do some things on the computer and pick some things up and drop them some things off. I was there for maybe three hours. And by the end of the three hours, I was getting ready to pass out. I just couldn't be in there anymore. And we have two pretty powerful fans that were running. But it was so hot. It was 32 degrees Celsius inside the apartment. That's with the shutters closed all day and the windows open. So I don't know what 32 is in Fahrenheit anymore, but it's it's definitely hot for like an inside temperature. I think it's like, I think it's in the low 90s. Yeah, so I'm at my in-laws. We'll talk about that another time. What do you remember? Is there a, a situation that you can recall that was especially new when you first got, I mean, you're such an old hat at this point. <laughs> it's, been a, yeah, it's been a while. It's been almost 11 years now. I definitely remember, you know, looking for a new job. I mean, obviously, we've, you know, we've all looked for jobs before and that's nothing new. But I just felt like when I was in Italy for the first time, I had to go about it in a different way. You know, it wasn't like I could go to a temp agency or even check the classified ads. I had to be very creative with how to find a job and walk into a yoga studio. I'm, I'm a yoga teacher. Do you need me? <laughs> and doing things like that definitely was new. And, and also, you know, trying to make new friends in kind of an odd way and not an organic way. Like it might happen back home, you meet somebody through a friend or you meet someone at college or at work. Yeah, that was, that's something actually I really relate to is that that openness that you have to just making whoever as friends in Seattle where I'm from. It's not like I ever walk up on the street to somebody and be like, hi, <laughs> we should hang out. But I was doing that kind of stuff in Rome. I'd hear somebody speaking English who seemed to be around my age. Hello, how how long have you been here? Yeah, but it's kind of cool. <laughs> that was a very odd experience for me. If you've ever been to Seattle, you will know that that does not happen here. No. If anything, people make plans with you. They'll be like, yeah, yeah, let's hang out. And you'll never see them again. <laughs> It'll be your best friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the same thing happened recently. I mean, not that recently, I guess. It was when we were... When we were taking our marriage class here, that was something new. <laughs> oh, I remember that. In, 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 in Italy, I think, I think in the States, too, you have to do this. If you get married in the Catholic Church, you have to take a, a Catholic marriage course thing. And so we were in there, you know, in this huge room full of young Italian couples. I hear someone speaking English behind me. And I was like, are you guys American? Are one of you American? Now we're really good friends. And it's like the kind of thing that in the States would never, it would never have happened. But yeah, so openly soliciting new friends is definitely something new. But you know, also, even just traveling, you can come across so many new things. I was just talking about this with my mother-in-law and my, actually both my, my in-laws, because I'm trying to convince my mother-in-law to travel to Arizona where my mom lives and stay with my mom for a month because she never does anything for herself, doesn't travel very much, and she loved being in America. She loved staying with my mom, and we can't necessarily go with her, or nor do we really want to take a big family trip again, as I mentioned on a recent podcast. But I really think that she would have a great time with my mom, and it would help her get sort of out of her daily routine. My father-in-law kind of scoffed at this thing. She can't go by herself. How will she be able to do it? She can't travel. She can't fly across the ocean by herself. Like, why not? Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> why not? Just because you've never done it, 
she's not 90. She's actually quite young. She's in her late 50s. And my half-sister, my oldest half-sister, who's exactly the same age as my mother-in-law, actually, a few years ago, she came to visit me. And she told me afterwards, she said, you know, I, I got to the airport, got my stuff, got through customs and everything, and I looked around and I said to myself, how in the world am I going to do this? Like, how am I going to find the train station? How am I going to buy my ticket? How am I going to know where to get off? And then I said to myself, I'm just going to have to do it. I don't have a choice at this point. And she did it, and she managed it, and everything was fine. But I think if you don't put yourself into those situations, you don't know what you're capable of. Both traveling and being an expat, even more so, teaches you that, what you are actually capable of, because you have no choice. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's funny, I was thinking of the first time I ever traveled to Japan. The only time I've ever traveled to Japan. Let me not sound so elitist. <laughs> I was going to say, how many times have you been there? I go to Japan every weekend. Um, no, I... <laughs> the only time I ever went to Japan, which it was at that time, besides Mexico, the only foreign country I'd ever been to. The one instance that was popping into my head while we were talking about trying things new. This one evening when I was in Japan, I ended up going out with out to dinner with an entire college class of people learning English. Okay, random. And <laughs> yes, very random. So they all wanted to practice and we went to a very traditional, I don't know what they would be called. You take off your shoes, you sit on the floor, you, all these things. I don't know if there's a name for that. See, I've only been to Japan once. So <laughs> and it was only for a week. Uh, <laughs> so I've never been in a situation like that, and I have no context for it. And so I made all sorts of mistakes. I, I accidentally wore my shoes into the room, you know, which everybody found was hilarious. And, you know, I didn't know how to, where to put things or what order to do things in. So I basically made a big laughing stock fool of myself the entire time, which they were delighted in, of course. Mm -hmm. The moment that stands out to me most in my head was the true bonding moment where I not only became, was a funny joke to them, but I also became their friend. Me and about six girls were standing in the bathroom, and one of them said, do you know any American pop songs? <laughs> and I said, I know a lot of American pop songs. And I just launched into singing one of them. <laughs> I don't remember which one. Uh, this was in 1999, so something that was popular then. Best thing I could have done. Everybody's singing along, you know, or dancing around the bathroom. I never saw those people again, but it was a great night. And it could have been a humiliating night. Me saying, wow, I am a total fool. But instead, I was a fool with a purpose. <laughs> you, you also had a good sense of humor about it. I think if you can laugh at yourself. Recognize your role. Re yeah, and I mean, you don't have to be, yeah, you don't have to like know everything all the time. That's one of the things about traveling is that, I mean, and everybody knows this. Once you're out of your comfort zone, you sort of sometimes accidentally discover things about yourself. And it could be even like you just are relaxing at the most beautiful resort. Sometimes you just come across these self-discoveries. I think it's harder for it to happen at a resort. Not to be judgy on what you choose as your type of vacation, because... I know that sometimes a resort vacation is exactly what the doctor ordered and there's nothing wrong with taking that type of vacation. But I think some types of travel are going to naturally push you more towards self-discovery and trying new things. And, and going to a resort is probably, I mean, yeah, maybe you might try new things because you might do some adventurous paragliding or something like that. But I think being an expat 
and also traveling to places that are just very, very different from what you're used to and where you're not going to be kind of coddled by a whole staff of, uh, you know, of people is going to definitely push you towards discovering new parts of yourself and trying new things. And I think that that makes you feel alive. I think it's really uncomfortable. It can be really uncomfortable, but it really makes you feel alive. And those are the moments that you remember, just like your situation in Japan. You remember that because it was such an unusual thing for you and such a new, a new uh, experience. And I think a lot of people seek out new experiences. See, I would say that I, I am not a very bold traveler. I think that sometimes <laughs> when I talk about stuff on the podcast, I come off as being like, really, I was a person bound for adventure. Maybe I don't come across that way. Maybe that's just how I wish I was coming <laughs> across. But, <laughs> but I mean, I am a timid traveler. Like some of the things that you've done actually make me feel anxious inside, you know, Maybe I would do it, but I would never expect myself to do it. I don't know. I, I, and I, I think as the years go by, I'm getting more and more adventurous just because what, of what you're talking about. You get more successful in odd situations or you're able to navigate your way to the train and it all works out fine. And you go, oh, well, okay, maybe I can go to... See, I can't even say I would go to Dubai because I can't say I would necessarily go to Dubai. I don't think going to Dubai takes much adventure. You're going to be coddled in Dubai. I think going to... See, this shows my ignorance because I'm like, where would be exotic? Dubai. Well, exotic would be, I would say like maybe like Lebanon or something, which is also a very cosmopolitan place. I've never been there, but I know people who've said that like Lebanon is, especially if you go to Beirut, it's like a very cosmopolitan, almost European city. But, you know, someplace like that, Jordan or, or India. Yeah, I mean, maybe what does it take to go to Syria? Well, I wouldn't go to Syria right now, Katie. That's not a good idea. Like, I mean, <laughs> find a middle ground. <laughs> it's like you're afraid to go to Dubai, but you're going to go to Syria. Well, I'm not saying I'm afraid to go to Dubai. <laughs> I was just trying to, that was me grasping at like, what sounds like an exotic place that I've never been? If you've never been out of the United States, like, don't say, okay, I'm going to go backpacking for six weeks in India. Go gradually. Go to, maybe go to England first. Yes. I'm, <laughs> yes. I'm married to an adventurer type, Derek. He's the kind of guy that, as you well know, when he was done with his tour of duty in, in the Navy in England, he was living in this little tiny town called Thrapston outside of Cambridge. When he was done, he just left his apartment and started walking and spent the next four months walking all the way down to the Camino de Santiago, walked the entire trail all the way to the end. And I find that so ridiculously impressive and something I would never have thought to do. Well, though my time in England is coming to a close, I guess I'll go back to Seattle. And I'm a little bit disappointed in myself in that. Now, because of him, I think I, it seems more like something that maybe one day I would actually do. Well, sometimes you know, people are different and some people need a little bit of an extra push to be able to, to do something like that. Just everyone's different. You shouldn't feel bad about it. But the, the good thing is you have had some really life-changing experiences related to travel. Let's wrap it up soon, but I do want to say, before we wrap it up, that a lot of you wrote in with name nominations for Tiffany and the baby. Yeah, we got some good, good ideas. My father, I don't know where my phone is right now, but he texted this morning with more ideas. Oh my gosh, that's so sweet. <laughs> my dad has been coming up with names 
ever since I mentioned that you weren't sure what you were going to name the baby, he's been coming up with names ever since. And I sent you a giant list of all the names that my family came up with on the 4th of July when we were all sitting around together. Yeah. <laughs> it was really hard to turn that faucet off once it was turned on. Everyone's like, what about Kristen? What about... <laughs> yeah, there were some great suggestions on that list. Yeah. And, and we've gotten some from a, a lot of you people listening. And, and they've been cool. They've been really interesting. I wrote one of them down. Oh, yeah. Mike on Twitter, who said Aiden, Severin, Harrison, or Anson. Hashtag name the baby. <laughs> yeah, that was cute. Yeah. I like Aiden, but I think it's, it's gotten to be a little bit popular in the States. I think it's becoming, it's becoming a little bit popular. But I like the name. It's really it's a cute name. And Severin, I had never heard. But it kind of reminds me of Severus Snape from Harry Potter. But oh, I like yes. it. I, like, I love Snape. He's one of my favorite characters. Maybe I'll name him Severus. Who knows? We are still at an impasse. Are you zeroing in, though? You're circling. People should not be sending nominations anymore. You're no, 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 no. Keep sending them. Keep sending them. My husband has one that he really likes, and I don't really like it. And then I've got like two or three that I really like, and he doesn't really like. So <sighs> it's going to be hard. But at the end of the day, I'm giving birth, so I get to have the last say. Ha, 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 ha. Do you know what the middle name's going to be already? Uh, we don't know if we're going to give him a middle name because... In Italy, every name on your birth certificate, you have to use every single time you open a bank account, sign anything, buy an airline ticket, like anything. You have to use every single one of those names. If you've got two or three middle names, it gets long. It gets very long. We are already probably going to give him two last names, both of our last names. And so if we give him two first names and two last names, I think, I think it's going to be too long. So we can... So what, we, what they do in Italy a lot of times is you give your child a middle name at their baptism, but you never like, actually officially write it anywhere on their birth certificate or anything. Right, because you have to have a middle name so you can yell their full name at them <laughs> when they're doing something wrong. <laughs> That's true. I never thought about that. I know it's a boy, but you could give him the middle name Katie. Just <laughs> I've already Googled, can baby boys wear purple? Oh, of course they can. <sighs> <laughs> Except it's a color of mourning in Italy, right? Well, it's yeah, it's kind of a bad luck color. It's not, it's not a color of mourning. It's the color of Lent. So it's kind of a bad luck color, but um, I don't care. I like purple. But yeah, but here, this is what we want to say to you, our listeners. Try new things. Even if that means you don't necessarily have to travel or be an expat to try anything. But it doesn't hurt. Yes. And I mean, you could try new things by just turning a different direction when you go out of your house than you usually go. That's true. I'm a person, and I think we've talked about this before, that is stuck in a rut a lot of the time. Like I eat at the same restaurants. I shop at the same stores for groceries. We all have our habit patterns. And sometimes you forget that there is a big world of options out there, you know, Yeah. Um, that you could just try something different. Good point. And, like Tiffany's going to when she starts motherhood in just a few moments. A, <laughs> just a, a few moments. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be more than a few moments. <laughs> I got to change how I talk about this because I feel like I'm always so alarmist. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's how I feel. I feel like we're recording this podcast, but at any moment you could be like, I can't record anything. I'm having a child. <laughs> and then you'll be on to this new adventure. So maybe I'm feeling more alarmed than you are, but I think it still hasn't hit me. I don't know how that's possible. 
I don't know. I know. I think I realize I'm a type of person who things don't hit me until they've happened. Even sometimes until after they've happened, which is kind of <laughs> scary. Like when you left, I didn't accept it for a long time. I was just, oh, she's, she's going to be back. Or I just don't go there in my mind. And, and I, the thought of having an, a, a baby, the actual like reality of it, no, it hasn't really hit me yet. Intellectually, I get it. But I'm having a hard time like picturing a baby in my arms, like 24-7 kind of thing. That's, the, that's what I can't quite. But I'll, I'll guess I'll, I guess I'll figure it out. Yeah, you will. And we'll talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> and until then, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Talk to you next week. Please visit our webpage, thebittersweetlife.net, and click the donation button. Additionally, if you're interested in sponsoring the program, and reaching thousands of people all over the world. Send us an email at bittersweetlife at mail.com. That's bittersweetlife at M-A-I-L dot com to get the conversation going. Thank you for all the ways you support us, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.